This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my trying to cool off co-host, Bree Tucker. <laughs> Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? Are you all roasting where you're at? Roasty, roasty where are you at? I mean, that's really yes. the Phoenix thing. Are you roasty? When we were in Alaska, people were like, oh my gosh, it's so hot here. It's 80. And we're like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's when I would actually pull out my phone and pull out my AccuWeather and be like, oh, look, it's 114 where my house is. 114 yeah. degrees. Don't even make me open up the section down there that says feels like because yeah, no, this is where I get the most irritable and I feel bad like because my daughter's birthday is in July and I am just a mess of angriness in July in Phoenix because it's humid. It is. And it's above 110. Those two things are not supposed to happen together. <laughs> but I think if you live in a Northern climate, you're used to like doing all these things outside. Whereas I've always been an Arizonan. And so in summer, it's like our winter hunger down in the air conditioning, go from car <laughs> to air conditioned place. And that's how you get through it. Maybe you visit a pool somewhere in there. However, you have to be careful with the pools because your normal play pools in a backyard get really hot as well and they just feel like bath water so you have to go to a bigger pool oh i know there's all the strategy involved of dealing with the heat but oh yeah it's it's still hot it's still as hot as crazy i have my survival pack in my car for the summer what that involves is i buy a little steering wheel cover i have two different sunshades one for the windshield one for the side windows and i bring towels to cover all the seats so that we get oh, in, man. we can sit on the towels. That is how much Brie cannot stand the Phoenix summers. Oh, it's hard. It's hard here, definitely. Especially you come from the Midwest. So you're not a native. Yeah. And like what makes it worse for me though, too, is like, it's that hot and we start school in July. Like that's mm -hmm. just, that's a lot. 
That's a lot to take in in one month. It's a lot. And with that school starting, we have kind of all of these little things that are popping up again in our lives that weren't really there during summer. Summer, we just got to kind of relax, not have to deal with the homework, not have to deal with all the activities and not have to deal with those things that pop up in terms of homework. And a lot of that is perfectionism and perfectionism is our kids and trying to get them to struggle a little bit and not give up while still challenging them appropriately is a very hard thing to do. It's a very hard balance to achieve. Oh yeah, and I think perfectionism is really hard when we see it in our kids because we know that they are awesome, they are amazing, that they are doing a great job, but if it's not 110%, they feel like it's a failure. And I have some things about how society may be actually making this perfectionism thing worse, but we are gonna get into that and things that we could do as a parent, we could watch out for too in our schools and the messages that we're sending. So we have a great episode for you today and let's get on with the show. This episode of No Guilt Mom Podcast is brought to you by Hamper. If you have not used Hamper yet, oh my goodness, it is a way that you never have to do your laundry again. Or maybe just take some laundry off your shoulders because you get a basket and you put all your laundry in the basket and then you pull up your app and you tell your washer that you have laundry ready for them and you put it out on your doorstep and Brie, they come get it for you. They wash it, they fold it, they come, they return it to your door within a day. It is the most amazing service ever and you get it for less than the cost of going out to dinner. You've got to try it out. It's the best thing ever, I love it. I, it, it if all the stuff I can yield, laundry, makes me the most happy to yield that one. And their folding is so good. Like I'm not a good folder. I just kind of crinkle things up. I like roll it up Marie Kondo method and like try to put them in, but they come and like <laughs> everything is flat and nicely like aesthetically pleasing. And so just getting your hamper load back like that is so wonderful. You don't realize the amount of stress that laundry's giving you until someone does it for you and you're like, oh, so go out and try Hamper. We have $10 off your annual fee. Use the code NOGUILT10 and uh, you can find that link in our show notes. Now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. So perfectionism is something that's really rampant right now, I feel, in society. And there's a lot of pressure on our kids to keep working hard, keep doing the best. And it's really... I see it's detrimental and I see the effects of when my kids are doing homework. I see the effects in me and just seeing it in your kids. is like a heart ripping thing. I know, right? Because you're sitting there and you, you know that they're doing well. You know that your kids are doing awesome. They're doing the best they can, or maybe they're just even really good at that. Good at whatever it is that they're doing, but you can't get them to see it. That's what breaks my heart every time is when they don't see 
what we see. Yeah. Or even this feeling that you have to be the best at everything that you do, or you have to give your best effort to absolutely everything. That's something that comes a lot when we talk about homework, because uh, many parents come to me and after writing my book, Drama Free Homework, they ask, okay, but my kids, they just don't give their quote unquote best effort to all of their homework assignments. And my first question is, well, what homework assignments aren't they giving their best effort to? They're like, well, if they're like told to write their spelling words, you'll just try to get it done really, really fast and they won't do it carefully and their handwriting won't be great. And I'm like, wait, well, hold on. Let's hold back a little bit because how often do we as adults give our quote unquote best effort to all the things we do? I mean, we don't. You know, that makes me think we've, we've shared our good friend, Ned Johnson before on the podcast. And I, I'm just going to say like right now, shout out to Ned, the other Ned Ooh, Johnson, Ned. by the way, it's his handle. <laughs> and he does amazing TikToks and reels on Instagram. And he had one like this where he was talking about that, how parents are like, we tend to give that conditional, I don't want to say conditional love, but that conditional feedback to our kids where we're like, listen, I don't care what grades you get. Just as long as you tried your best. And he says, how much pressure does that put on your kids that everything has to be best effort? And, and like you just said, how often do we give our best effort to everything? Dude, Brie calls it in all the freaking time. <laughs> all the like, time. All the you time. You got like, to. Yeah. And I was just saying like, let's just take dinner, for instance. If there's not at least one or two instant parts of my dinner where it's either frozen or coming from a box, and, and that's not my best effort, but it's what I need to do to get through. And sometimes our kids need to, they not sometimes, all the time, they need to know that you don't have to give it 110% all the time. You can't. That's like taking- You can't do it. Yeah, your, your cup is empty you can't. before you're even halfway through what you're doing. And you're just going to feel like a failure in everything that you do. I love the t-shirt. There's like the world's okayest t-shirts. Have you seen these? Yes. I, I yeah. see like world's okayest barista, world's okayest mom. And I think that is such a really great ideal to shoot for because- not everything deserves your best effort. It doesn't deserve that attention. Writing your spelling words in nice, neat handwriting. Who cares? Like, who cares? <laughs> Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. 
Hey all, it is Joanne. And Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. And even when I see teachers nix kids on handwriting, and I'm like, really, who cares? How often do we as adults use handwriting today? And I might get a lot of flack for this, by the way, because I am so on the anti-handwriting train uh, because I don't think it's really needed today in society to have perfect cursive and loopy cursive. I think it's like a side benefit if you like that kind of stuff and you want to like make things look pretty cool, but making every kid have it, I don't think it's worth it. So we'll just side that right there. But it's, it's just all this perfectionism that you have to be the best to be worth it or you have to be the best to be worthy, or you have to be perfect to be worthy. And I think that's the message that we're getting to our kids. And I think it's so harmful. Yeah. And it happens. It happens a lot. Like we, we have a ton of stuff about different personality types for, for homework, but perfectionism by far is the one that I think we run into the most where parents have concerns and it's a hard one to shake, but there are things that we can do right? There are things that we can do to kind of help shake it. There are. And I think like one of the big things is we have to really notice our own perfectionism. Oh yeah. Because something, I remember you asked me a while ago, like, or somebody asked me if I was a perfectionist. I'm like, oh no, I just tried things and put them out there. But upon like deeper reflection, I realized that I am a perfectionist so much so that I will beat myself up if something is not to my liking. I will prevent trying something if I know that I can't do it to the best that I can or if I won't be excelling in it. And I think those are things that I see pop up in my kids as well. This thing that you can't be a beginner or you can't be an amateur, or if you've been doing something for so long, it's not okay for you to not be great at it. So, okay. So I do see that. And I do think that a lot of us struggle with that as adults, wanting to be the best at things. And I totally can agree with you on that. Now, this is the funny thing about me. I think you would agree that Brie is not a perfectionist. I I feel like I am a recovered perfectionist because when I was in high school and college, that's exactly where I was. I wouldn't try something if I couldn't be the best at it. And if I did do something, I was damn sure I would do whatever it took to be the best at it. And I did whatever it, it took to get there. At this point in time, I've had some things happen in my life that I made me say like, okay, I need to let go of some of that perfectionism. I'm not going to be able to always have that level. And it's been hard for me to get there. I guess what I'm trying to get at is all of us have some of that perfectionism in us. And while we do need to work on it ourselves, I do think that we also need to realize that 
just because we're perfectionists doesn't mean that's the whole reason our kid is a perfectionist. No, it's not our fault. Yeah. And I don't think that's what you were saying, but I do think some people have that thought process. No guilt, mom. A lot of us feel guilty that like we are the ones that are making these behaviors in our kids. Mm-hmm. And it's not 100% your fault, people, if your child has this perfectionist mindset. It's not. But it's also the messages that kids are getting through school and through oh, yeah. like yeah. what they have to achieve at school. There's all of these things about, you know, try your best or even during state testing, which gets me really fired up, but like do your best on the test or check every answer. And my son was even telling me this thing of like, he would get go through the test so fast and his teacher would be like, oh, go check your answers. And he's like, why? I, I, I gave it everything I did. Like, why do I need to go back through and figure this out again when I've already given it what I feel is my effort. Uh, But it has this message of perfection that yes, it's good to check over things, but check over things three times, check over things, things that don't matter, things that aren't a creative endeavor, things that don't fill you up and don't fill your passion up just so you can get it correct. I don't get that. I don't get it at all. I 100% agree. And I'm going to say one thing and then I'm going to step off the soapbox. We're going to put it on the shelf and move on. But don't even get me started on high school. The perfectionism expected there and how high stakes it is now compared to what it probably was when a lot of us as parents were were in high school. These college days where they are supposed to go out and like show to everybody, you know, where they got their acceptance, where they're going, what their whole future is going to be. Like they're expected to have so much figured out. And like, and when you get into high school now, even ninth grade, it is all about what your path is going forward. And I think that puts a lot of pressure on kids. It really, it really, really does. It does. And especially in our area in particular, because something that is not really well publicized uh, in the Chandler area is that we have a very high rate of teen suicides here, which is serious. And it's all due to the pressure on kids. And they're usually very high performing kids. And it's something that we are doing them a disservice to when we're putting all these expectations of having your future figured out when you're 13. Like you can't have your future figured out when you're 13. You can't do that. Like, why aren't we encouraging kids to like find what they're passionate about instead of like trying to find like a 4.0 GPA? Right. I am going to say this, the mental health issue for kids that are in high school, which again, like we're not just going to focus on high school people. So please don't don't turn away right now, but we, but this is definitely something to be visited. I think it's part at. of a larger problem though. Things, these, it things is. that are like working kids up to that. It is. And you're right. 100%. Like there are things that have, that you, you build up to it. And it is a problem throughout the whole country in the U S for sure. There definitely is a mental health crisis happening, especially with our teen population. We, like you said, in our personal community where we live in the Phoenix area, we, we personally know that, this, that there are some school districts that struggle a lot with it. And there are parents trying to work together to, to make that better. But if your kid isn't on this like accelerated path, it's almost like you're either accelerated and going to do perfect at everything, or you're just going to be subpar. Like, like you said, giving them a chance to figure out what they're passionate about, what they want to do. That's almost considered subpar. I think in a lot of the schools, right? Because like, like you said, no, you have to know what your path is. And I have a story of two kids going on in my household right now. My oldest knows, or at least thinks he knows exactly what he wants to do. So going into high school, he was like, this is the path I need to take because I want to get this many courses and this many credits done going forward. And I'm like, that sounds great. I'll support you in whatever you want to do. I'm glad that you, you know what you want to do, but, but, but be open to other things. Promise me you'll at least be kind of open. And then I have my other child who's starting high school this year and 
she's like, I don't know what I want to do. Let's do photography. Cool. Let's do dance. I don't know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Which I think is wonderful. And I think like, yes. it's great to explore all the things. I think that being a kid is when you should explore. Being an adult is when you should explore. You should never stop exploring what makes you happy. And I think that's when we look at perfectionism, we look at our own perfectionism, we look at our kids' perfectionism, we fall into this identity crisis where we try to define ourselves based on what we've always done instead of trying to explore and look more to what would make us happy. And when we're looking at perfectionism, that's really what it is. It's instead of looking to see what makes others happy, what gets us to tick all the boxes off to like light them up. Instead, what makes us happy? What do we want? What do we value? What could we do less of that doesn't fill us up? And so when we talk about homework in school, I think it's a very, it's a tight rope that kids are walking even in elementary school because it's all about kind of ticking off boxes and things that don't matter in the long run. Yeah. So just getting kids off of that, off of that train. Yeah. So I think like one of the biggest things for perfectionism is, and, and this is something else I got a lot of flack on too, Brie. I did a video on Instagram about this and they're like, what? Really? Especially when it comes from, oh yeah, when it comes to homework, if kids are really, really melting down about homework, if they are struggling, if they are trying to make it perfect, you just take the homework away and you're like, you know what? Don't worry about this right now and let the teacher talk with them the next morning. And like there was this big backlash about, oh, why don't you support oh, yeah. your kid's education at home? And yes. I can't believe you. We support teachers 100%. And I'm like, guys, that's not what this is about. <laughs> this isn't about not supporting teachers. Right. I think, and okay, so I have to throw this in there as a non-teacher individual, right? Like we both have a background in education. Mine was in the really little preschool. So we didn't have homework. But I can tell you that a lot of us have this mindset that, because the teacher assigned the work, it's important to the teacher and it has to be done. And you have the unique uh, perspective of having been a teacher and you know that that's not the case. Oh my gosh. Sometimes our district had this huge, this stupid rule. I'll just call the stupid rule that you had to assign 30 minutes of homework every night. And it's like, even if you didn't have like homework that you could assign, like you had to assign it. And so we had these like ridiculous spelling packets where they would like write their words out and they'd have to come back and like have their words written out or have synonyms or whatever. And it wasn't until my math coach, who is much more experienced teacher, who had been in the classroom before No Child Left Behind, which was the rule about passing state tests, uh, that she's like, wouldn't this make you mad getting this as a homework assignment and having to do it? And I'm like, you know what? It totally would. This is worthless. And so a lot of teachers are under that expectation from their districts that they have to assign homework and you kind of get away from the like real benefits of homework that way. And so when you look at your child and you look that they're not succeeding and they're struggling, it's really that indication that you could have that discussion with the teacher and ask them and be like, Hey, like this homework isn't working for them. Like, can we talk about this? And start off the conversation like that. The teacher is not the be all end all. They are there with you as a professional and you work together. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. 
Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. Right. And the big point that you're making there that I think that we all have to be able to hear is that um, we're not saying that homework isn't important and that you can blow it off all the time and show your child that you don't care about homework. They shouldn't care about it. What we're saying is if it's causing that much emotional turmoil for your child, for your family, for your household, because of the work that they're doing, take a step back, let your kid know that you can take a break because we do that all the time, right? Isn't that a huge piece of emotional regulation, knowing when to take a step back and giving yourself a breather, but then also showing your kids the next step. Okay, we're not just going to take a step back and not do it and just go, you know, forget homework. We're going to take that next step. We're going to reach out to your teacher and let them know what's happening. And then we're going to work together as a team to figure out Mm -hmm. what's going on because the teacher will let you know, hey, although that assignment was really important for your child because X, Y, Z, but if that's causing too much stress, let's try it this way. There, it's very, very rare. You went and you run into that teacher that's going to be like, nope, it's exactly what I said. And it exactly had to be done that way. And there is no leeway. But there's also that questioning of the norm based mm-hmm. on just because you did homework as a kid, does that mean it's beneficial? It doesn't. Right. In fact, like U.S. schools didn't even have homework until they were really trying to compete against the Soviet Union in the 1950s. And they started ramping it up. And it was all like it actually started during like the first world wars where they started assigning more homework to kids, hoping that would make their workforce more like war ready and bigger competition. And it also saw the rise of mental health problems. Oh, fabulous. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot in there. So it's always questioning the norm. It's looking at your kids. It's seeing how they're doing. And it's figuring out how you can best work together so that you get them on a good path, not make them fit in a box. Yes. You have talked a lot before about the growth mindset and uh, the fixed mindset. And I think that's something that's really, really huge and helpful in this area, don't you think? Well, I think that uh, the growth and the fixed mindset is it was by Dr. Carol Dweck. Uh, she has a great book on it called Mindset. And it's all about this thinking that if you aren't good at something right away, that it says something about you. And it doesn't. That's the fixed mindset. If you're not good at something right away, it doesn't mean you're stupid. It doesn't mean that you'll never get it. It just means that you haven't gotten it yet. And that's the really big word, the yet. And when we start using the word yet with things and start teaching our kids to use the word yet. Like, I can't do this math problem. I can't do this math problem yet. We're using the growth mindset. We're using this mindset that says, you know what? Our brain gets bigger, it grows. The more we use it, it's just like a muscle. So the more we practice and challenge, we're going to get better skills. We're gonna find that things come easier. 
uh, and, and work towards it. But I mean, I grew up with a fixed mindset. I grew up with the thing. If something was hard, I would quit on it because I didn't think I could do it. I mean, did you? Because you wanted to be perfect at it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's, as I was saying, like when I was in high school and college, if I couldn't be the best at something, I just didn't even try it for the most part because it, it again, you wanted to be perfect. You thought that you had to be perfect before you even started it. And that's part of the struggle that a lot of our kids have. And they think that if they're not able to be perfect at something, then they shouldn't even do it or that they're a complete failure. And, and we're telling you like, that's not true at all. Like the growth mindset is that you will learn it. You will get better. You can always get better at things. And you know, what's funny is that even though a lot of us have that thought process that I am, if I'm not perfect at it, then I'm not good at all. We still do believe that we can learn things and get better at it. Right. Because I'm just going to take you and me as an example, right? Like we may have had this thought process super ingrained into us when we were younger, but yes, let's just take driving. We mm -hmm. knew we were going to eventually learn how to drive. We were excited to learn how to do it. I know I have never ever aspired to be the best driver out in there in the world. <laughs> and I know that it's a skill that I had to learn and that I would get better at. Why was I okay with that one? Not being perfect. Right. Like, yeah. So maybe sometimes showing your, like reflecting that back to your kids, like either sharing a time where you had to learn something and you got better at it over time and you may have never even become perfect at it, but you got better at it. And then also oh, yeah. reminding your kids, cause there's a, there's a whole laundry list of things that our kids have learned. There's tons of things and there's tons of things where you don't like make it the first time and you have to keep going. I mean, when I was becoming national board certified as a teacher, you have this whole process where you have to do four portfolios. You have to do videos like each portfolio has like a 14 page essay that goes with it where you have to uh, analyze your students behaviors and then you have to take this uh, set, sit down test in like this Pearson testing center, uh, 30 minute essay question, six of them uh, that you have to do for memory. And I went through it and the first time through, it's such a long process, it's a year, I did not make it. I didn't make it. My best friend Bridget made it, I did not make it. And I was devastated. Like I felt so ashamed. I was like, oh my gosh, who am I? Why didn't I get this done? And so I went through it another year and I redid it. And I was off by one point that year, one point. Oh my God. And you only, you only get one more chance to do it after that. And so I went through another year and it was actually after I stopped teaching that I finished my certification because I just had my son and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to the testing center. I'm going to study up on these two topics. I'm going to do that, get my point. I got my point. It took me Yay! three years, three years to become national board certified. It was that strenuous of a process. Um, and the first time I didn't make it, it, it totally broke me because of that perfectionist mindset. I was crying off and on for probably a week uh, because that's what it does. But when you share those experiences with kids, they just make you stronger and stronger. And they show your kids that, hey, like you've gone through things, you have failed, failure is not final. Uh, you just have to get up and try again. And that's all that matters. Yes, you know what? That whole like motivational poster, it says failure is not an option buoy to that. Yeah. Failure failure's not option. final. <laughs> yes. You can fail and then try again. It's that whole thought process of failure is not an option. That is what makes it so difficult for people to move on and to keep trying and keep working at it. I mean, cause again, I, I, I can see that as two ways, right? The failure is not an option could be like, I'm just going to keep working at it, working at it until I get it. 
great, awesome. Mm-hmm. But people can hear that statement and hear failure is not an option and go the complete opposite way. Well, if I'm not perfect at it, I just can't do it. Yeah, so exactly. again, this is where it's important to give this information to our kids. I think a lot of times we just kind of assume that they know a lot of things that they don't. Mm-hmm. You know, they haven't that they had think the perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if we, and I would even push you out there if you're listening to this, if you haven't failed at something recently, you may not be pushing yourself hard enough uh, to do like scary things. And I'm not talking about things like failing at like decluttering your home or, or failing at organizing. I'm talking about things that are really meaningful. Cause I think as women, we tend to hide behind some of those goals that we think make us an ideal parent of having those home cooked dinners of having that decluttered house. And that's really not where the passion lies and what we want to be doing and what do we want to be showing with our kids. So if you have something that you are passionate about right now that you are not pursuing because you are scared that you will fail, let this be a push <laughs> because when you try to accomplish huge things that mean a lot to you, that like rip your gut out inside that thinking that you may not make it through, that is when we really show our kids how to conquer the perfectionism. Yes, exactly. Hallelujah. Perfect. And I want to end this on a high note. I think that is a perfect spot (laughs) to suck her up. You can't get better than that. Go out and be passionate, people. Go Go out, be passionate. Find what you can do. Show your kids. You don't have to be perfect. And it will speak volumes to your kids. So remember, the best mom is a happy mom and a passionate mom. Take care of you, and we will talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.